1: Psalm 91 is a popular psalm about God as our refuge and our fortress, and I hadn't thought of it, but when I Googled it, I realized that this psalm is particularly popular these days when we're facing the coronavirus pandemic. In fact, the first result that my Google search took me to was a website called mytodayshoroscope.com. I thought, oh, no, uh, this Psalm being popular is great in one sense, but in another sense, it's bad because all kinds of nonsense is being twisted and manipulated about this Psalm to say things that it's not saying. And I didn't read too far on the, my horoscope page, but I can't imagine that it was too legit. Anyway, let's read Psalm 91. Then we'll make some comments about it. It says, he who dwells in the shelter of the most high will abide in the shadow of the almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God, and whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked." Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. So this is obviously a powerful psalm. I've got a friend of a family who this is one of his favorite psalms, and he's prayed this over his kids and over others for years and years, that the Lord protect his own. And and we need to be clear at the very outset of this psalm. Who is it that the Lord protects like this? Does he, does he protect everybody like this? No, he doesn't. It says right away in verse one, this is who he protects like this. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High and who abides in the shadow of the Almighty. Notice that the word dwells there is a present tense word. It's not he who who dwelled at one time, or he who will dwell, this is somebody who dwells in the shelter of the Most High. And what we mean by, in a New Covenant sense, in a New Testament sense, dwelling in the shelter of the Most High is very simply putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ, the righteousness that he lived on this earth, the penalty that he paid for us on the cross, and the resurrection that he experienced, which defeated sin, death, and the power of the devil, these are things that allow us, through faith in him, to be covered with his righteousness, to be forgiven, to be reconciled to our creator. And in that sense, that's the ticket to what it means to dwell in the shelter of the Most High. Uh, If you go down here into verse 11 and 12, this should be a uh, a set of verses that reminds you of something that happened in the New Testament, and it's the temptation of Jesus, which is recorded in Matthew 4, verses 15. 1 through 11, really, but we're going to look at 5 through 7. Satan takes Jesus out in the wilderness for 40 days, and this is the second temptation. Verse 5, he's, Then the devil took him to a holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you're the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it's written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. These are obviously quotes from Psalm 91, in the New Testament here, quoting back to the Old Testament, Jesus responds, again, it is written, you shall not put your Lord, the Lord your God to the test. So Jesus doesn't bite on that temptation from Satan. And in doing so, he says, don't test the Lord with this stuff. So one of the questions we have to ask is, And we have to kind of grapple with when we read through this psalm. Obviously, it mentions pestilence. So that's one of the reasons this is so popular during coronavirus time. It mentions being protected while people are falling at your right hand and falling in front of you. No evil will befall you. Obviously, there are people who are believers in Christ who get diseases, and some of them, unfortunately, die. Ultimately, every one of us is going to die unless the Lord returns first. And in many cases, that's going to be because because we got some kind of a virus or some kind of a disease. So does that mean that God's word isn't true? And we can glean a little bit of the answer to that question from Jesus' response to Satan during the temptation. And Jesus says, don't put the Lord your God to the test. Of course, if Jesus cast himself off the pinnacle of the temple, the, the angels would bear him up and save him. But the point here isn't to, to, take, to twist Scripture into an exam on God's faithfulness. Rather, to trust the whole body of work of God's faithfulness. And that is this, that... Things may go well for us here and now, or they may not, but God's salvation is forever. That's how this ends. It says, with long life, I will satisfy him and I will show him my salvation. So of course, things are going to befall us that are undesirable here. Of course, there's going to be injustice and people are going to be murdered and they're going to die early in life, rather than living a full life, they're going to, bad things are going to happen to people. But we're talking about the big picture of God's faithfulness. He is faithful faithful to us during this life here on earth in ways that we can't imagine. And he will ultimately show his faithfulness to us, those of us who dwell in the shelter of the Almighty, those of us who trust Jesus Christ by allowing us to be in his presence for eternity in the new heavens and the new earth. One other thing we should point out very quickly in this devotion. Friends, spiritual warfare is real. And I just have this sense more and more, and I'm not a a way like over-spiritualize-everything type of guy, but I have this sense that if I could see Spiritually, what's going on around me, day in and day out? Even as I sit here by this microphone, trying to proclaim God's word in a way that that edifies people and inspires people, I think that there is a massive spiritual war going on here, where there are angels surrounding me and protecting me from the Satan, from the schemes of Satan and and demons. Uh, Ephesians six six says our Battles not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and spiritual forces of darkness in the heavenly realms. Guys, that's true. And so let's pray that God will continue to protect his people, that he will surround us with his angels and bear us up so that our feet won't strike a stone. Lord, that is our prayer. Protect us. And while you protect us, make us fruitful for your name. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.